0: Y Medical Lake Spokane eighty eight point one and ninety-two point three FM. This is ceasefire now radio. KYRS Medical Lake Spokane. Thin Air Community Radio with your host, Russell Webster. Today I'm discussing war and conflicts throughout the world from the perspective of responsibility for U.S. imperialism. I'm your host, and uh, today I'll be discussing the war on Palestine, new developments in the Malcolm X assassination case, and a local event bringing attention to Palestine in a unique and children-friendly way. But first, here are some updates. Israel is apparently making long-term plans for its war and, and genocide on Palestine, as it's reportedly building a road bisecting north and south Gaza. Israel hopes to have the highway completed before Ramadan, and they plan to use it all year in their planned bombing campaign and invasion of Rafah. Food aid to Gaza has halted after U.S.-Israel bombed a United Nations food aid truck three weeks ago. Israel has not provided evidence to back up its claims that a handful of U.N. staffers were militants. Nevertheless, several nations aligned with the U.S. have chosen to sanction the U.N. agency that provides a bulk of aid for Palestinians based on Israel's empty claims. Al Jazeera reports, There are testimonies and indicators that Palestinian men and female prisoners have been sexually assaulted. The statement issued by the UN yesterday pointed out for the first time that female prisoners are being violated in a grave manner, and serious crimes are being committed against them. There are at least two female prisoners from Gaza who were raped. Many others threatened with rape and have suffered sexual assault and strip searches. The United States refuses to acknowledge that it and Israel are committing genocide against Palestinians. The White House is denying genocide. While it has been known that U.S. Israel have been targeting journalists during the war, recent video evidence shows Palestinian journalists wearing vests clearly marked press chased by Israeli forces through the streets. The United States continues to veto any Security Council resolution calling for a ceasefire. Today is February 22nd, 2024, and the United States and Israel have killed more than 30,000 Palestinians, with some estimates as high as 36,000. This includes more than 12,600 children. Over 73,500 Palestinians are suffering injuries. Fascist policies continue to mount as Israel considers laws to ban certain media. Repression of Palestinians' increases in Jerusalem and the West Bank. Israel is taking money and raiding Palestinian businesses. Every family in Jerusalem, every Palestinian family in Jerusalem has been interrogated. Israel has also destroyed thousands of Palestinian olive trees and groves and has blocked the capacity to harvest them. This has resulted in a loss of $10 million for Palestinian farmers. One of the most important measurements, uh, I'm moving on to climate change now and global warming. I want to talk about uh, some recent developments in that. So one of the most important measurements regarding global warming is the atmospheric levels of carbon dioxide or co2 the safe level according to scientists is 350 parts per million now this is uh where the world was at up to about the late 1980s now i remember when i first understood the threat of global warming it was after i read an article by the astronaut and scientist james hansen in 2012 In the article, he warned that if we allowed the oil companies to continue to drill baby drill, then we would soon be up to 500 parts per million, which would mean game over for the climate. Today, we are at 421 parts per million. So in 1990, we were at about 350 parts per million. And just 30 years later, we've gained nearly 100 parts per million of carbon dioxide, in the atmosphere, and the rate is increasing due to unforeseen and unpredictable effects. The polar ice caps, for example, are melting quicker than scientists had predicted. Add to this that the Biden administration, along with Saudi Arabia and other states, including Israel, are busy making plans to continue to drill baby drill, as the presidential candidate Donald Trump has promised to do. But it is no great secret that both parties support fossil fuel industrialization and subsidizing oil companies with public monies. Lastly, I want to mention nuclear weapons. The threat of nuclear war persists with two nuclear-armed states, the United States and Israel, waging war and genocide on Palestine. While a majority of the world protests against it, the doomsday clock remains set at 90 seconds to midnight. Those were some updates from world events, but now I want to turn to a, in some ways, a, it, it's a positive uh, event uh, that children can participate in, but it's also um, it also comes with some, some unfortunately sorrowful full news because of... Uh, the artist and the scholar that the event ha- was in part inspired by. Um, this artist and scholar we're talking about, his name is Rafat Alarir. And he is a Palestinian uh, poet and scholar and writer, uh, leader, educator, uh, who was born and raised in Gaza. Um, and my guest today is a, as a local activist. Um, Trey, uh, Ray, and let me make sure your microphone's on here. How you doing Trey? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. And Trey, uh, organized a, uh, an amazing event that's coming up, uh, this weekend, I believe. Yeah, yeah, this Saturday. And it is, uh, in part inspired by, uh, this amazing, um, poet who I just want to tell you a little bit about this poet and then, and then I want to talk to Trey about, uh, about this event coming up, and, and get to know Trey more. But uh, 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 Rafat Alarir, he's the poet uh, and the scholar that we're discussing right now. He had edited two books. Uh, that was uh, books that featured Palestinian writers. Uh, one was Gaza Rights back in 2014, and the other is Gaza Unsilenced, which came out in 2015. And uh, this was during his He was still in school So he hadn't received his PhD yet He got his PhD in 2017 So he'd already helped uh, edit and publish Two amazing books in, in a very short amount of time And I'm sure he had planned uh, to publish many more So Israel targeted Al-Arir and his family members For many years In 2014 Gaza War Israel killed Alarir's brother and brother's wife and her grandmother, uh, his wife's brother, sister, and three nieces. Israel has killed 30 of Alarir's and his wife's relatives together. After several online exchanges recently, after the war broke out, Alarir uh, was engaged in uh, online exchanges with pro-Zionist uh, public figures on social media. Uh, some of them are connected to the New York Times and other powerful corporations. And Al-Arir uh, may have been targeted for assassination by the Israeli government, according to some sources in a EuroMed Monitor article. The apartment Al-Arir was staying in was pinpoint targeted amongst an entire building, Alarir had received several death threats leading up to his assassination. Before he moved to the apartment that would be bombed, he received a phone call telling him that they knew exactly which United Nations school he was in. On December 6, 2023, United States Israel strikes killed Rafat Alarir in what appears to be an assassination of vengeance and attempts to conceal the truth. This uh, this should be considered in uh, tandem with the countless numbers of press and journalists and media staffers who have been killed during this war. That this attempt to silence information and keep the truth from getting out to the public has been a major strategy for United States and Israel and. Also taking out academics, scholars, poets, artists, anyone who's spreading the news. Even civilians who are spreading the news on social media and TikTok and other uh, platforms are being targeted by the United States and Israeli governments. So that's the setup for um, the inspiration for uh, the, the poem that helped inspire this event, but I'm not going to attempt to explain it. So I'm going to let, I'm going to let Trey talk about this event. And can you, can you talk about, well, let's, let's get to know you first. So can you st- <laughs> t- tell, tell us a bit about who you are in terms of your concerns for, uh, Palestine and social justice in general?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, me personally, I'm Travis Ray. Um, I go by Trey. Um, yeah, for me, I I kind of jumped on the on the wave of what's going on, along with you know millions of people. Um, I didn't really know anything about Israel or Palestine, um, but um, I I immediately recognize the um, the struggle that is happening there is very similar and in a lot of ways the same as to the struggle that Black Americans face in the United States. Um, and that's kind of where I got my, um, I guess my activist start was, um, back in 2020 during the George Floyd BLM protests. Um, that's kind of where I was just first motivated to really, you know, get out of my house and, you know, shout in the streets and try to make something change. Um, I think during that time I was definitely a little bit um shunned away and afraid because it was so direct um being a black american um but um I I was definitely out there um you know during those protests um so I but after that I kind of faded away and I I was still talking about these things online and still trying to be like an online activist but Um, this go around, like, this is just one of the most, the worst things I've ever seen, um, happening in Palestine, so I just, I, I couldn't sit back anymore, um, and I needed to figure out what can be done, and where, where I'm useful, and, um, just ultimately how we can bring people together so that we can eventually end the U.S. war machine.
0: Absolutely, so it was like a, a moment of consciousness, like in 2020 yeah, 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 for sure Okay, that's that's similar to my, my route To coming to understand Like becoming conscious of Palestine And the occupation It was uh, through It was in um, Through Black Lives Matter movement So it was like 2015, 16 Is when I really started to like Those connections really started to come So it's it's amazing that so many people have come to understand the struggle of Palestine through the black liberation struggle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. the black liberation struggle is the, I mean, I don't want to take away from other struggles, but it, it is in a lot of ways the most prominent struggle and it is the, um, the, what is going to ultimately lead us to true freedom, um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it, even being connected to what's happening in Palestine right now, I'm I'm now back on the like um, the advocacy for Black lives and marginalized individuals in general. So, um, I mean, that's where I'm at as far as community work and just trying to bring people together because
0: all of our struggles are intertwined. Absolutely, absolutely. We have to often remind folks sometimes that like the, the Palestinian struggle is a struggle against white supremacy and colonialism. Absolutely, like, this is a colonial. We're seeing colonialism happen like in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, it's the twenty you know twenty twenty four, but we're still also seeing it go down in the ways it went down like hundreds of years ago. And just yeah, absolutely brutal, inhumane things that are happening like in in our the palm of our hands or you know in real time and and so much of the world feels like they can't do anything like what can we do yeah yeah you know like but the point is that there are the majority of the world wants this occupation to end absolutely and i remind myself of that like all throughout the day like you can you can you can feel alone sometimes especially in the united states like where there's all these mechanisms to keep people from talking about these things or keep people from action or keep people trained on their own problems but it absolutely is a it is interconnected and i think that i we're we're out there trying to make these connections connect all these things together as quickly as we can and still like Retain hope each day. Get, yeah. up, get up and keep doing it.
1: Yeah, and there's you know there's so much like individualism in in the United States that um, it, it's made it really easy for people to just kind of look away when stuff like this happens. And um, I think when trying to find an answer to you know these liberation struggles, it's really about where are all the people and why you know why isn't everybody outraged Mm -hmm. um and a lot of it just comes down to the indoctrination of individualism and white supremacy and Mm -hmm. um really that that's where community work is so important because we can if we can bring together our individual communities then it just kind of starts that that stonewall effect and into leading to everybody, you know, coming together and you know fighting against this, um, and not just accepting that these are the way things are.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I want to. Well, we're gonna take a. We got to take a break. Uh, but before we take the take the break, well, we didn't even get to. We still got we still got some stuff <laughs> to talk about on this, and then and then we'll get to the. Uh, we're gonna read a poem later. Yeah. Trey's gonna read us a poem later. But uh, we we're going to talk more about the event, and uh, and you'll have to just wait to hear the hear the poem. But we'll be right back.
2: you yeah. you
0: Russell Webster and I have my uh, guest today is Trey. How you doing, Trey? How's it going? All right. Microphone's still on, and uh, we're talking about uh, an event that Trey organized uh, that's coming up here this weekend, uh, and it's an event for Palestine. And I'm I'm gonna let Trey uh, take it away. Thank you. Yeah. So we've got an event coming up uh, this Saturday,
1: the 24th. Um, it is called Kites for Kids. Um, basically this is going to be an event that's um, available to um, all ages Um, we are going to be crafting kites and learning about um, significant symbols of Palestine um, and um, basically how they have to do with uh, the Palestinian resistance and um, why they're significant so
0: so if I understand right, the, the kite, the significance behind the kites part. Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as we talked about earlier, um, Rafiat Alir, um, wrote a poem, um, titled, If I Must Die, um, only two months before he was assassinated in Gaza. Um, and that's where the, uh, inspiration from this, event started Um, I've seen a lot of other great kite events happening around the world um, but I had a specific draw for this um, particular event Um, I can share that poem now Um,
0: sure that that would be great
1: Yeah. so uh, this is If I Must Die by Rafiat Alarir If I Must Die You Must Live to Tell My Story To sell my things To buy a piece of cloth And some strings Make it white with a long tail So that a child somewhere in Gaza While looking heaven in the eye Awaiting his dad who left in a blaze And bid no one farewell Not even to his flesh Not even to himself sees the kite My kite you made Flying up above And thinks for a moment An angel is there Bringing back love If I must
0: die let it bring hope. Let it be a tale. Wow! Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. That um, <clears throat> his words really touched me, and um, I, I just I see that you know you know people say it all the time. Kids are our future, but it's it's true because they have the most knowledge to gain, um, and I think it's important that we as a community. Um, instill that knowledge early on um, especially with the false information that goes around Um, it's important that children are informed as well as we are so
0: absolutely it's the next generation yeah without placing too much uh, we are placing a lot of our hope in the children and it's largely up to us you know to Help get them situated and and make sure they're conscious or maybe stay conscious yeah kids are kids are kind of conscious in the beginning mm-hmm. and then they have to sort of be you know reprogrammed or programmed um, thank you for sharing that that beautiful poem I was uh It took me a while to a minute to read it because I was sort of um, I knew it was going to be hard to read it because I, I remember watching him um, on uh, Democracy Now. That's the first time I ever saw him, I yeah. ever heard of him, and saw him was uh, uh, Amy Goodman was interviewing um, uh, say say his first name again uh, Rafiat Rafiat. Amy Goodman was uh, interviewing him, and all I could think of was I didn't want anything to happen to him because he was in Gaza, like as he was in North Gaza. Yeah, yeah. You know, as as he was being interviewed, and it was just uh, unsettling to know that uh, these important figures are in such harm's way and that like the United States and Israel know where they're at. Like they can, they have the technology to know where people are at. So, yeah. um, I, you don't come across people like that. You read about them in history, but when you actually see them like in, in, you know, in, in your time and their strength and their courage, like, I don't know I don't know how I would begin to act in uh, in a war, period. Like, any war, let alone something like that. Yeah. And yet, he's he's concerned with the children. Like, that's his first concern in the interviews that I saw and in his writing and things like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, children are a direct target of Israel and the United States because, they, as we are saying, you know, they they are the ones most susceptible to new knowledge and the our future leaders and um, Israel is directly targeting them because of that and knowing that they are the future of the resistance and that they eventually will (laughs) lead to the demise of Israel. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, the kids are absolutely important. I think that's something that
0: we realized. And I uh, actually had a, um, a part of the interview I wanted to play uh, so folks could actually, actually hear his voice and hear. Uh, this was October 10th, um, this bit here.
3: Israeli leaders and officials. Uh, what's happening is what uh, Israel has always uh, worked uh, to achieve. Israeli leaders and officials are speaking about sending Gaza to the Stone Ages. Uh, Israeli officials are speaking about destroying Gaza. They are focusing on damage and destruction rather than precision. Uh, we speak about whole blocks destroyed, all government buildings, uh, twenty UN facilities, including schools and clinics, all the roads, all the infrastructures, all the roads leading to the major hospitals, especially the one in, uh, uh, in, the, in the heart of Gaza City, were, were destroyed. So Israel bombs Palestinian families as they sleep, as they stay in the safety, so to speak, of their home, and then bombs the ways that lead... Uh, 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 help and aid and ambulances to these uh, uh, areas, and then bombs the ambulances that try to 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 help those people. That's why we have about one uh, about 800 Palestinian casualties. We speak about uh, more than uh, 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 400 children, women, and elderly people. Most of them were killed in the safety of their of their homes without any prayer. Uh, warning! Not that any warning would justify this Israeli uh, brutality. Israeli uh, 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 war criminals are speaking about Second World War level of destruction against, against the Gaza Strip. What is happening in Gaza is complete and utter extermination of the non-Jewish population in occupied uh, Palestine. As you mentioned, Israel ordered a medieval hermetic siege uh, from air and sea. Israel has also just bombed the only way out through egypt the rafah the rafah crossing the only way out is uh, for uh, what's happening what we are uh, foreseeing is uh, slow starvation slow genocide maybe israel is going to push us all into the sea and i think what is making it even more difficult than before is that the whole world not even lip service all uh, uh, american and european uh, countries and politicians are rushing to pledge allegiance to Israel and to Netanyahu. Israeli, uh, uh, American uh, politicians, uh, American uh, presidential hopefuls are literally calling for uh, for genocide. American mainstream media is not pushing uh, back against Israeli officials, calling for the collateral damage of hundreds of thousands of Palestinians uh, in Gaza. Uh, uh why is this happening because we refuse to live under occupation we refuse to live in 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 in, in total submission we want freedom we want this occupation i, I think the governments are uh, uh are not only complicit or giving uh, uh, the green light they are participating actively the shameful statement from uh, 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 France, Italy, UK and G- Germany and America the, the other night was a hideous attempt to uh, justify uh, Israeli uh, uh, massacres and genocide taking place in, in Gaza. We have no hope in these countries. We have no hope in these governments. At least now, we the only hope we have is in the growing popular support in in America, in the movements uh, uh, of uh, the, the the movements, the, the the human rights and the rights movements in 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 America and across Europe, uh, to to take to the streets uh, to pressure their uh, politicians into uh, uh, putting an end uh, uh, to this uh, uh, dark dark uh, episode of not only uh, the history of the Middle East but also the history of of humanity. If people are asking. How uh, was the Holocaust allowed and other genocides in Africa and across the world? Now you can see this live on TV, live on social media. Palestinians' whole blocks destroyed hospitals, schools, uh, businesses. We, we are speaking about uh, uh, thousands and thousands of, of housing units uh, destroyed by, uh, by by Israel. So my message to the free people of the world is to move, to pressure, to mobilize, and
0: to take to the streets.
4: Sorry.
0: That was uh, Rafat Alarer on October 10th, 2023. What did you uh, take from that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really sad because there's uh, a man who really knew what he was talking about and it sucks that um that was taken away and you know, um I think that um his legacy will definitely live on and um especially through, you know, his his writings and um just his his overall inspiration um for knowledge. Um but yeah, I mean everything he said is is so right and that's only three days into the into the you know into the genocide and it's like everything he said could be said again today and it would still
0: ring exactly true yep exactly what I was thinking right in the beginning they were showing us exactly what what the plan was what the plan is and I think many people are also saying you know well this is essentially the future you know for the world This is how governments and, you know, the militarized states of the future are planning to deal with what they call their, you know, the problems of of civil society, you know. And we're seeing it happen right now, and we can do something about it, as Rafat uh, asked us to do, and as countless other Palestinians are asking us to do if you ask uh, if you look on social media if you look in comments Palestinians are saying please stop this war please yeah. stop this genocide do something mm-hmm. get off the couch leave your job get out in the streets that's what he's saying right yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's it's such a simple ask
1: um for it seems like you know, we, we, we as Americans would have to just really halt our lives, but our lives are very privileged in any ways. Um, I mean, for a lot of us, but, um, I just to use your voice is really all the Palestinians are asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, normally like social media activism, I kind of think is a little, is a little tough to deal with because it's, it's, really so algorithm based but mm-hmm. in this instance when when these people are specifically asking for us to just speak up mm-hmm. say something take the streets go to a protest do something but ignoring it is
0: is like the worst thing you can do absolutely yeah another I, another thing i keep saying is you know this is like this is the plan you know this is the wealthy and powerful Have they make plans? They have plans. They know. They understand the future. They believe science. They know. They know that uh, there's going to be increased um, movement of peoples throughout the world. There's going to be increased droughts and flooding and wars. And so this is how they're planning to deal with it. They're developing technologies and you know new drones and artificial intelligence and walls and. All of these things and militarizing space, these things all have a purpose other than making money for rich people. you know mm-hmm. they' all they also are useful in controlling populations, so yeah, yeah, and I mean, as we see in
1: Israel with their level of surveillance um, on the Palestinian people, I mean that's only just showing the precedence of what the u s is capable of doing to the people here,
0: yeah. Yeah, and what they're what they're doing, you know, with the militarization of the southern border in the United States, you know, and um, you know Biden's administration's in the in the works right now to pass uh, more uh, using more Trump uh, moves to limit um, only certain immigrants from coming through the southern border. You know, those are very fascist yeah. and racist policies. They're explicitly racist policies. You know, yeah. that Biden is embracing now. Um, or at the very least, considering uh, that policy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and
1: we've got, you know, countless cop cities popping up all over the country, um, close to here. And, and Lacey, Washington is the most recent I've heard about. Um, obviously, the one down in
0: Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, militarization of the United States is definitely the, the goal. Yeah, and those are those connections we were talking about in the beginning, right? Yeah. Cop city, Palestine... Uh, indigenous liberation locally, you know. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of things going on, but they're all connected.
1: Absolutely. We just
0: got to get better at like um, framing it and articulating it so we can get every, you know, the rest, a lot of other people on board with us.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the average person um, isn't, you know, jumping out of their seat to read about the newest updates in imperialism. So it's, it's, uh, a lot of that is, Um, What I'm trying to do with Kites for Kids is Mm -hmm. bring, you know, just the the average person who is just going about their day and probably in survival mode due to the U.S. circumstances and not only trying to bring them a little joy, but also let them know what's going on Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't know what's going on or don't have the capacity to really figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I definitely want to see, you know, more communities coming together and understanding that you know we, we are made to look like our individuals in our community are the bad guys and it's it's not it's our government it's the imperialist war machine that is doing all of this all around the world and within the
0: united states it's it's all connected absolutely it's an old story too yeah <laughs> the divide and conquer exactly so, exactly we all know it we all say it we we understand it you know white people understand it too they say oh yeah we understand how you know white people were used in in certain ways in history but uh it's been a, a, it's a part of the united states legacy it's always been that way like absolutely <laughs> it was that way in the beginning and every single time it's been that way and when the chips get down or when the times get hard that's when you see it used the most yeah you know, well give give white people a little bit more to keep, to keep them, uh, so they can keep all of the BIPOC people in line. Yeah. You know, we see this over and over again, like the sort of the new deal. I mean, yeah, positive things came out of that, but white people got more than everyone else.
1: Sure. And there's a constant erasure of history and just trying to eliminate all of the, the, the stories that made this country what it is by, by, you know, black and brown people. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just the 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 imperialist machine does not want anybody to know what they've been doing, obviously. Okay. So it's it's as much as they can get people on board with what they're doing, whether they say it explicitly or not. And, and make sure that nobody knows what they've been doing and what they have done.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to I want to make one uh, slight shift here before I, uh, we run out of time, because I want to talk about. uh um, important developments in uh, Malcolm X's case. And so I just learned of this today. Uh, but uh, Malcolm X, uh, well, first of all, I'm sure I'm sure anybody listening to this must know who Malcolm X is. But Malcolm X was one of the uh, greatest leaders of the Black liberation struggle of the 1950s and 60s. He was assassinated February 21st, 1965. He was only 39 years old. Um, as an aside, I think, excuse me, I think Rafat was 39 years old too, I read. Yeah. if If I'm not mistaken. Um, two of his bodyguards have come forward with new testimony that an office of the NYPD, uh, this is a secret office, it's sort of like, uh, their, their mini version of the FBI for New York City. Uh, this secret office of the NYPD arrested, uh, Malcolm X's security guards with false accusations of plans that, uh, that they had made plans to blow up the Statue of Liberty, if you can believe that. Um, <laughs> this made it easier to assassinate uh, Malcolm X by uh, removing his, uh, two of his important bodyguards from the picture uh, days before the assassination. Uh, after 59 years Authorities still refuse to provide Malcolm X's estate with internal documentation relating to Malcolm X. Uh, I also just read uh, that same thing is, is happening with uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s, um, all of his archives and everything relating to his case that the United States has on him. It won't be released till 2027 so. If if that gets released, we'll we'll see. Malcolm X's might come uh, after that, but we're still waiting on that. Raymond Wood is the officer who infiltrated Malcolm X's security and admitted to the plan on his deathbed. So he's the one who proposed this whole uh, you know blow up the Statue of Liberty thing uh, that he was trying to set set Malcolm X's uh, guards up with. Uh, February 14th, a week before his assassination, Malcolm X's house was firebombed. On February 21st, he was shot 21 times by three assassins while his daughter watched. The FBI and Chicago police uh, killed African-American leader Fred Hampton on December 4th, 1969. He was drugged and shot twice in the head. He was only 21 years old. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated on April 4th, 1968. He was 39 years old, same age Malcolm X was when he was assassinated. King was also harassed by the FBI and increasingly threatened in the lead up to his death. All three of these great African American and black leaders were assassinated by being shot with guns. Each one of them represented a constituent element of the black liberation struggle, all seeking a similar freedom from white supremacy and the right to self-determination. As the end to each of their lives drew near, they increasingly called for unification in the struggle for black liberation, along with noting the connections between the effective apartheid system at home and white supremacist imperialism abroad. The bringing together of masses while raising consciousness especially amongst African Americans, has shown to be considered a great threat to white-dominated status quo, hell-bent on protecting its power and privileges. So that was just my uh, attempt to connect these sort of three, three themes that similar tactics that were used by the United States, FBI, other agencies, along with uh, uh, civilian citizens... In each one of these cases, following similar patterns, and as the leader becomes more vocal and perhaps conscious of imperialism, let's say, uh, as as the uh, the, uh, the repression and the white white supremacism at home or within the United States, and the uh, not only white supremacy and racism abroad, but also just naked imperialism and. Mm-hmm. In that time, it was Vietnam, and uh, World War II wasn't that far in the distance. So then, you know, war was very much understood in the consciousness, and it didn't take long to under- to see the racism, too, in the in U.S. imperialism. So I just, I mean, considering that this pa- a Palestinian poet, scholar we're talking about, it appears that he was clearly assassinated. And yeah. now we're talking about, you know, the assassination of Malcolm X. And so in, in strange ways, those two are like directly connected. Like yeah. not only the st- like the strategy and the techniques, but the threat, the so-called threat posed by the, uh, the folks who were, assassinated and targeted yeah
1: yeah i mean it's a threat to the u.s imperialist machine it's um they see the u.s sees socialism Mm -hmm. as a as a threat anything that can curb or um you know change what what they have planned um they deem as a threat and they will do whatever they can to eliminate that threat um i mean and it goes back to it's just whatever propaganda false false stories they can put out to make you believe it and make you say, oh, well, I guess it's not that bad. Um, but ultimately, these are all just people who are trying to do a lot, what a lot of us are trying to do and bring us all together and realize that that who the real enemy is. Um, and, you know, and it's it happens all over. Um, we see in Palestine it happening with Rafael al We see it in the United States with Malcolm X and um, Fred Hampton and Martin Luther King we see in in, in the Democratic Republic of Congo um, with Patrice Lumumba um, it, they, they will set out to take out anything that is a threat to the U.S. imperialist war machine
0: Well we're going to keep fighting though We are I just wanted to read a a quote from a uh, historian, Howard Zinn, I had a, a longer bit I was going to go on about, uh, maybe I'll do that next time or another time, but I at least wanted to just talk about this quote because in, in in a sense he outlines how how it can be that so many people kind of just go along with horrible things when they're happening and What does that say about the sort of system of control that we're in? What what sort of system of control is that that keeps people in such states of inhumanity, I would say? And so here's the quote from Howard Zinn. The American system is the most ingenious system of control in world history. With a country so rich in natural resources, talent, and labor power the system can afford to distribute just enough wealth to just enough people to limit discontent to a troublesome minority. It is a country so powerful, so big, so pleasing to so many of its citizens that it can afford to give freedom of dissent to the small number who are not pleased. There is no system of control with more openings, apertures, leeways, flexibilities, rewards for the chosen, winning tickets, and lotteries. There is none that disperses its controls more complexly through the voting system, the work situation, the church, the family, the school, the mass media, none more successful in mollifying opposition with reforms, isolating people from one another, creating patriotic loyalty. So that's, I know I know I just said a lot there, but that's, it's a lot, it's a lot complex yeah. system of control, yeah. you know. So like, I think of it as, as massively as you imagine, like the power of, or the United States empire to be, or even just global wealth and power as they work together, that, That same massiveness is also in their system of indoctrination and control, because ultimately, you you know, it's about controlling the mind. Mm -hmm. Because you have to believe that you're free and uh, better off, and
1: yeah, yeah. And they do that with with our with the great slogans that they come up with, and you know, the land of the free, home of the brave, stuff like that. It's it's all just to you keep hearing it, so Mm -hmm. then you're gonna just eventually you're going to believe that that's what it is and the U.S. is the greatest country out there and Mm -hmm. we can do no wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Why would you fight for something you already have? Yeah, exactly. You know. So I guess we need to, uh, part of our our job then is to get people to remember or to become conscious that um, they're actually not free.
1: Yeah, no one's free until all of us
0: are free. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on, Trey.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and just to throw that out there again, Kites for Kids, um, this weekend, this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12, um, bring your kids, build a kite, learn about Palestine, um, and then we'll be flying the kites at Riverfront Park right after.
0: Right on. And that was at the Hive?
1: Uh, No, this is going to be at the Central Library.
0: Sorry, 906 West Main. Okay. Central Library, 10 a.m., To to 12 p.m. PM. And then uh, we'll be going
1: across the street to Riverfront Park to fly the kites right after. Right on.
0: I hope it's a great event. And thank you so much for fighting for Palestine.
1: Absolutely. Thank Thank you.
2: unir, pieles sudadas rozándose así, vente conmigo ahora y aquí.
0: Spencer, Rylan, and Jesse of Acrazia, and you're listening to K-Y-R-S. KYRS, Medical Lake in Spokane at 88.1 and 92.3 FM.
4: Thin Air Radio! If he wants them out of the way Crazy calls me Sure I'm crazy Crazy in love I would say I say I'll go through fire And I'll go through fire As he wants it so it will